Get ready to tune into stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to this episode of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. I am your host, Scott Ramage, and today I have with me Kurt Storing. Uh, Kurt and I have talked before, and Kurt has a channel on Instagram and a podcast, um, Dad Work. And I'm telling you guys, like from the bottom of my heart and from the top of my brain, you need to uh, follow this guy. You, you really ought to go find him on Instagram and make sure you. Uh, subscribe to his podcast. There is so much going on in Kurt's brain and the things that he's dropping into um, the men's community and helping men kind of step up a little bit. Um, really, the backstory here is that we met uh, through the online world and we had some conversations earlier this year, but I've just been watching and I had to get him back on just because of the the quality content and the conversations occurring. Uh, Welcome to the show, man. I, I really, really respect what you're doing. Man, thank you so much for all of that. And it's um, it's almost hard for me to sit with something like that because it's so overwhelmingly kind. And actually, one of the things I do want to say is just to, to thank you for being there while um, you know, some of these things get negative feedback on Instagram and this new for me. And so when you dropped into my inbox and you're like, dude, I got your back. Like, just keep doing what you're doing that. Like I even shared that with my wife. I was like, oh man, Scott, like just dropped in out of nowhere. So, I mean, the feelings mutual, you are there supporting me. You're doing amazing work too. So man, I'm just like super blown away that you wanted me back on uh, so soon. And it's a, it's a real treat and an honor. So thank you. You're, well, I'll say you're welcome, but thank you. And the other thing that what I, what I, what I saw happening was I saw conversations emerging and objections um, happening. And I saw those objections as attacks on you and on what you believed, but I knew what I respected so much. And here's, here's where we really need to move as men in our online communication. First, you acknowledge their feelings and you, and you, don't, you don't agree with their feelings. You're acknowledging, hey, man, I appreciate what blah, blah, blah but you're not wavering one bit and you're coming back with, Hey, I, you know, I appreciate that. Blah, 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 blah. And I think that there's so little of this right now where we're having this very amazing dialogue and you're not getting the, I'm, Hey, look, I'm sure you have a little bit of an emotional first response, like that knee jerk, like, Hey, dickhead, like, don't, <laughs> you don't know anything, but instead you're sitting there and you respond with grace and um, love but the type of love that we really ought to be giving our kids, that hard line, hey, this is truth, whether you like it or not. And that's, that's where I'm like, dude, I, I got to reach out to this guy because I felt like I was getting kicked in the balls because I agree with what you're saying so strongly. And then these guys coming at you. But what I've also noticed, Kurt, is there's just as many, if not more guys in there, like I needed this today or this is really, really deep. And I, I, I appreciate you putting this out. So I don't want this to be like a, a bow down to Kurt thing, but I just want to lift you up and tell you, like, I, I understand the, the absolute uh, win that gets taken out of your sales when you, when you take a stance and people come at you. Yeah, man, it's, it's really hard. And there's, there's so much to say on this. There's like the personal side of things with how my emotions feel when it's happening, because I hate 
conflict. And I've really had to sit with this and it's been part of my work. And I'm, I'm very grateful for it because I get to fill in more of my own identity rather than just have, like you said, this knee jerk, like fear of, honestly, for me, it goes all the way back to childhood. Like, I feel like I'm in trouble when someone calls me out for something like that. I go like, oh no, I've messed up. And then I have to go, okay, wait, did I mess up? Am I right? Do I feel I'm right? Am I okay having an opinion here? And that's what it all comes back to. And I think maybe I'll start just with the communication with the people in the comments. I always try at least, and it's harder now as you know, there's more people commenting on my stuff as we get more followers, but I, I always try to, you know, sometimes I'll write the angry response and I'll always delete it because then I'll just, I get it off my chest. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> um, but what I try to do is just come at them like with what you, what you said, grace. Like, okay, we don't agree on this. I practice this with my kids a lot, which is just affir uh, affirmation, uh, pardon me, affirmation and validation. So like, yes, I see that you're upset. Makes perfect sense. Of course. Yeah. You're feeling that way. This happened. Totally get it. And here's the rest. And so I try to do that. And what it does is it makes the person on the other end who is hiding behind whatever screen name, they know they don't have to look me in the eyes. They have to go like, oh no, like I've been seen like from all the way across the world, you see the feelings behind this. Oh man. Like, Ooh. And the response is typically, sorry, man, <laughs> like I'm, I'm having a bad day or you're right. I was just triggered or something like that. And it almost always diffuses the situation. And so I've just like, it's hard for me because like you said, the knee jerk is just like, yeah, you're a moron. I'm going to fight you. But I don't think I've ever seen another space that does that intentionally online because it's just like knee jerk, knee jerk, knee jerk. Everyone gets more and more elevated. And that's what we see in the world today. And when I look at what's happening in the world, which I don't necessarily want to get into unless you really want to, uh, I just see a bunch of men making knee jerk reactions to like, what, feel better or feel uh, bolder or non-triggered? Like, I don't know what it's even leading from, but nobody's taking the time to be humble and go, hold on, acknowledge the other person's feelings and then come back to go like, wait, am I right? Like, do they have a good point? And, and I don't need to be right about everything because I'm often not. And that's okay to admit that. And one of the things that you brought up, which is like, you know, people being smacked in, in the face with these truths, sometimes being punched in the jugular, as you said, um, I would rather, you know, trigger you on Instagram than have you live a life that 20 years from now you're going to regret. So like, yeah, come at me with whatever disagreements and we'll hash them out. Great. But if the problem is just that I triggered you too bad, good. Like I love being triggered because it's an opportunity for me to go, oh, okay, here's what I need to work on now. It's just like this flashing red light in my psyche that, oh man, I need to deal with that. So yeah, come to the Instagram page and get triggered on purpose, which is what we do in men's group all the time so that you can work on it and not be like, wow, I wish someone told me that when my kids were young, because now I've wasted the only opportunity I have with them. That's unacceptable in my life. I will not be that kind of father who lets things just get away from him. So I'm trying to as gently, but as honestly as I can provide that to other men. Hey guys, this is Scott. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, but I did want to interrupt for just a second because I am super passionate about a new tool that I've found and been using for the last month or so. And if you're like me, the thought of writing copy puts me into cold sweats, but we all know that writing blogs, social media posts, web copy ads, and more are part of life and can make a considerable impact on moving the needle to success in your business or job. We all know how difficult it can be to wrangle ideas, action words, and details, not to mention time constraints. 
Fear not. I have found a solution that allow will allow you to easily crank out stunning copy in minutes. It's Jarvis, guys. It's probably hit your social media feed and you think it's too good to be true, but it is not. Jarvis is the latest artificial intelligence technology that will help you create content at lightning speed with little effort on your part or hefty fees for writers. You fill in two easy steps and it'll lay out descriptive paragraphs, both short and long form articles, bullet lists, social media posts, blog posts, ad copy, SEO copy, Google ad copy. It gets super detailed. There are tons of templates to choose from. It's totally up to you. It's two steps and it blows me away every time I use it. In fact, it just keeps getting better and better. So if you're like me, the thought and thought it was too good to be true, trust me, this product kicks ass. I literally use it every single day for per personal and professional use. Just go try it for free and use my link. Uh, and it's in the show notes. I'm not going to read it to you because it's crazy. But go to the show notes, click on the link, sign up for your free trial. You will never look back. And this is a great way to support this podcast. Super simple for you, for your business. Send it to your boss. Send it to your friends. It will revolutionize workflow. The link is in the podcast notes. And if you want to support the Brotherhood of Fatherhood, this is a great way. Yeah, like so well said. And hey, look, I mean, truth is going to hurt a lot of people because when they first read it, I think a lot of it is they get smacked upside the head of like, this guy's calling you out. And we aren't comfortable being called out a lot, but uh, you know, it's, it's that response that is, is so bad right now that, that immediate like triggering is that, you know, that you trigger somebody, but I love that there's some intention in it as well. Like I even see your posts as intentional triggers, some of them. And if it's not, I'm like happy you did it anyway, <laughs> because it's stuff that needs to be talked about. But one thing you brought up was that like having this discourse and keeping it civil allows people to actually um, think about their positioning. I've changed, people say you'll never change somebody's mind by your posts online. I disagree. I've changed my mind by things people have posted when the dialogue was continued. When I, when I responded or I watched someone else respond, I'm like, hey man. And then I'm like, oh, and then I watched that it's okay to be wrong or a little askew in your thinking as long as you're willing to look at the big picture and look at people's um, situations and try and kind of like empathize, empathize, I can't say it, empathize with them and see what their positioning is and then make a cognitive decision, a, a well-executed, uh, well-thought-out decision instead of jumping. And that's, you and I talked earlier on a podcast about breathwork. This has been huge for me. When something gets my emotions immediately, I do this think, feel, and choose breathwork um, pattern. And think and feel, I say those in my head, it's three seconds in, and then choose is seven seconds out. And there's something that that does. And I'll, by the end of a couple rounds of that, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to really understand. And that's just what we need right now. And what we need is more people posting things that make people think and then have a loving but assertive and amazing com comment afterwards to continue the dialogue. Yeah. And that's, there's so many 
parts of that. The first one is like the nervous system part, yep. because like what I am doing with the dads that I'm, I'm working with or reaching, like the first thing I say is like, make sure you've got a good mindfulness practice. Number one, because if you are so triggered, like it's just, it's a great example of being on Instagram, you're scrolling, you follow someone because you like what they say, presumably. And then they say something that triggers you and you just like blow up. Like, wow, you are out of control, man. The world has you by the balls. Like what kind of right. man is that? And the same thing happens in your marriage and your fatherhood is you need to be able to react in a space that is responsive and, and not reactive. You know, you choose to respond a certain way, just like you said, with the breath work. And if you're not there, this is a great opportunity to look into why am I so triggered that I like, where's the pattern interrupt? How could you go from triggered, looking at this post, writing an angry post, and then hitting post without even thinking, whoa, should I do this? Should I like really engage my trigger right now? And I just think like, for me in you know fatherhood marriage posting online i always check myself is this right do i feel good about this could i do it another way where can i build in breathing or meditation or feeling my feet on the floor so that i don't make an ass out of myself which is what i see people doing all the time yeah. and like there's something about being said online too you come to my space and follow me guess what I'm going to say what I want to say. If you don't agree, great. Challenge me in a way that I you would do in person. Like, hey, man, came to your talk. I've got this question. Can you answer? Rather, like, can you imagine going to someone's uh, talk? I was listening to a Jordan Peterson thing the other day where he's giving this lecture. And I just thought, like, imagine if you went up to the microphone and went like, F you, buddy. F you. Like, right. why would you? You wouldn't do that. No. And so why do we do it online? You don't have to agree with whatever someone is saying. But if you don't like what I said so much and you are so triggered, hit that unfollow button. Don't make it my problem that you're triggered. And I think the last point that I want to make on here, because I'm noticing myself get uncomfortable making the online world so real, is that we got to remember the metaverse, if you will, it's like, it's not reality. And I operate on there because that's where most people's attention is, but that's not real. And so if I can trigger you in a way that has you like, stop, or back out of something that's happening in your life and you're just like scrolling and you have to think, then I'm doing my job because I want you as a father, as a man, as a human to go outside, to go play with your kids, to get off the phone. Like, man, I don't even know. I probably scroll on Instagram once and then I look at a couple stories and I'm off there because I know how bad it is for me. And yet here I am sort of posting on there, but I'm, I'm stuck in this middle portion where I know that I can change men's lives, which you said. And just before this, I read an email based on some of the things I share in my podcast and my email series. And the guy told me I changed his life. Like I can hardly even accept that because it's so breathtaking and I'm so grateful that I can do that. And it takes engaging online. So I, I just want to like catch myself there before I go like, Oh yeah, follow me. Cause I'm so good. It's like, okay, follow me if you want to get triggered once in a while and like really see how to become a better father just from what I've experienced. But remember at the end of the day, see it, take a breath, get off your phone once you get the lesson and go live it. And that's what I'm trying to do myself. And, and it's hard, obviously, but I just want to remind everyone that the metaverse is not real, no matter what you think. This episode is brought to you by the men of Alpha Hippie. Alpha Hippie is the premier men's coaching company, helping the men of Brotherhood of Fatherhood step up and be the change they want for themselves and their families. Alpha Hippie is for any man who feels like he's struggling to take action in his life, or like he's burned a few too many bridges on his rise to the top. 
If you're the type of guy who spends all his time reading self-help books, trying to meditate, or consuming endless self-improvement YouTube videos, but nothing is quite landing like you think it should, then Alpha Hippie is for you. If you feel stressed, depressed, stuck, lost, or like you're not living up to your full potential, then Alpha Hippie is the answer for you. In the Alpha Hippie program, you will destroy your limiting beliefs, regain control of your life, and start to live with inspiration and motivation. Alpha Hippie is not one of those sign up and forget about it programs. We all know about those. It's not just watching a bunch of videos from a 20-year-old life coach. It's a program built by men for men who are ready to make a change and delivered by men who've gone through this themselves. That is very important. We have lived in the trenches and understand what it takes to rise up and craft a life worth living. If you're ready to stop making excuses and invest for yourself, then head over to brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash alpha. Again, that's www.brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash alpha. Well, I, I would challenge you if I ever comment, like, or um, post on on your your stuff, you'll find a you'll find a pattern. It's either early in the morning or it's an evening because I've worked it into my my um, my daily system where it doesn't interrupt family time. And it and and there's a purpose and there's always a purpose in my Instagram uh, following what I'm doing. And I don't think a lot of people have that. They're in there blindly scrolling. And if you ever found yourself just scrolling, looking for the next best thing, I mean, TikTok's the, the epitome of that. Um, you, you really do need to check yourself and be intentional and start creating a plan. I have a plan for my social media. I hate Facebook. I'm going to be honest. I can't stand it. But you know, we have a, a rather large group on Facebook. And men are depending on that content and the interaction in there. I mean, I get the same emails and messages and it's crazy. I got one uh, a couple months ago. You literally saved my life. And it was just on something I talked about on a podcast. And, you know, they kind of told this, let the story unfold. I'm like, you just don't know. So is it worth me being um, disciplined and getting on and doing what I need to do when I need to do it to have saved in this person's words, their life? Well, yeah. Like, I don't say that to, I, I, it's just circumstance. I was just talking about something and it struck a chord. You know, I'm not a savior. I'm not a person that, you know, that's, I didn't go out to save people's lives. I am wanting to share a message that makes men want to be better. That's all it is. I just want you to be better. I want you to pursue excellence in your parenting and in your life and your marriage. And I see the same for you. And I, I see the fruits of it. Your, your following is huge on Instagram. Um, you actually, you just covered something that really struck with me. Two things. First, number one, a saying I heard about five years ago that really stuck with me because I used to get offended a lot is offense can't be taken or given. It can only be taken. And so like, I look at when someone says something that offends me, I'm like, they're, I'm not going to let that. They're not giving that to me. I'm creating that in me. I am not, that, that wasn't like, it's on me how I respond. So another way is uh, my response is my responsibility. Those are two things I say over and over and over in, head, in my head. When, I, when someone says something, I'm like, what the hell? And it, it really grounds me. Plus some breathing, breath work and, and putting space. You talked about, you talk about space, adding space in your life. And that's really, really important thing. So 
I don't know how long ago it was. Uh, you made a post on obedience is not a virtue. And this was one of them. And I, I want to talk to you about this because um, our bo- my boys are very obedient to me and to my wife. And when, we, when they were young, we, we had this saying of uh, delayed obedience is disobedience. And the whole premise of this was if they're playing and a car is coming and I tell them, get out of the street right now, I don't want any delay. I don't want them to think I want them to do. And so I was really struggling with piecing together what you were saying and what, what I'd lived for so long. Because now my boys have incredible minds of their own and they make really great decisions. And I talk to them all the time. One thing that really gets me, Kurt, is the school system and just doing it because I tell you to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like, if you want to get me fired up, let's have this conversation. Um, so here I am in this co- world of cognitive dissonance between how I raised them early on to be very obedient and responsive. And maybe the word is responsive, not obedience. Maybe that was like where I needed to take that shift. Right. And so I love that I had to sit there and for days, for days, I'm contemplating this on my morning walks. I'm like this obedience thing keep, kept going through my head. That's what I love about your content. And I, at first I was like, Ooh, I need to read everybody's comments and see what they're saying. I see who's a disagreeing and do I agree with them? And then I stopped and I'm like, well, I really need to take some time to understand what Kurt is saying, because I know there's something in here, especially if I have this response. Um, and so that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about, I don't have to agree with you on a hundred percent of things because we all have our own perspectives, our own upbringings, our own experiences, but there are some really solid truths in this world. And when you when it comes down to it, uh, our society's in a little bit of trouble just because we do whatever people authority tells us to do. There's an obedience problem right here instead of a critical thinking problem. You know, critical thinking. And so I'm like, well, actually, I kind of agree. <laughs> so I came full circle, but I, you know, it it really caused me to think, and I and I really appreciate that. I I just I think that kind of those kind of things really make your you really grow when you try to understand things at a higher level and from a different perspective. So, man, there's so much in there that is like really real for me right now. So first of all, the way that you put the social media thing is like the perfect reframe for what the way that I'm thinking about it as well, which is like, um, we say in men's group a lot, like we got to meet the man where he is. So Mm. I can't go to a guy and be like, dude, you got a father wound. Why don't you go meditate, do some breath work, like write a letter to your father, how you forgive him. He's going to be like, bro, I haven't thought about my dad in like 20 years. It's like, no, 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 just trust me. Like, that doesn't work. You have to meet I, a guy where he is. And, and just the fact that guys are online. And so why not enrich their experience there without at the same time sucking them in deeper or making your life deeper? So I love the intentionality and just wanted to, to mention that. Um, the thing that you said that I wanted to touch on outside of this sort of e- explicit post is that you took the time to think about this. And there was a, an intentional contemplation. And I've just noticed in my life, I have very little time for that. And yet it's one of my favorite things to do. It's so important to do. And I was reading, or I am reading the um, Dale Carnegie book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's an old classic, uh, you know, extremely popular book. And, oh, there you go. It's a shot. 
right and it's now. got the it's got speaking of timeless truths, right? Like that is yeah. just full of them in ways that it's kind of like, oh duh, but it's very important to read them. And one of the things he said, it was just like this passing thing on how he experimented with the fad of fasting. And I don't know when this was, like, you know, 80, wow. 80 years ago, right? He did yeah. a six-day fast. And I'm going like, wow, he must have been like a real radical. Like, can you imagine? But what I thought about that was what would his experience of fasting have been? For me, I've done a three-day fast, longest one. I usually do like, you know, intermittent fasting, whatever, sometimes 24 hours. But in my three-day fast, I had to build in the time to think and feel into what was real. And it was good. But when I was uncomfortable, I could go drink water that was cold if I wanted or hot. That would distract me. It would fill my belly. I could look on my phone. I could read. I could do all these sorts of things. And in he didn't talk about this at all. I was just going through like, man, he was going to like the, the trains to go do sales calls. He's doing all this kind of stuff. He must have just had so much time to think and to contemplate and to feel into what was real. And I thought, man, if I was relying on like an oil lantern at night in some farmhouse, you know, 80 years ago, and I had been fasting for four or five, six days, I would just be sitting there thinking, feeling, and maybe writing so that I could get very clear on what the results were underneath that. And so the intentional contemplation is something that I have been thinking about a lot this last month. And how do I build that into my life by taking extra days of you know, blocked time? So no podcasts on this day, because like I need to think and thinking takes time. And one of the things that I feel as though is lacking in men's lives today is contemplation. Like mm. it's too easy to be distracted. It's obvious. It's a cliche, whatever you're on your phone, you're on Netflix, whatever. But like men need to think. We need to be the intellectual leaders of our family because if we're not, somebody else is going to be. And guess what? The overwhelming narrative right now is anti-masculine, anti-men, anti-father for a lot of it, and more importantly, anti-freedom and very pro-comfort. And if that is the intellectual lens through which your child is learning about the world, you've lost, man. Like he's just going to go and he's going to follow whatever he hears because it's easy because you're checked out. So. The, the little thing you said, the little thing I read brings me to this point of like, you need to contemplate dads, you need to think, you need to stop distracting and actually become an intellectual leader. And um, yeah, there, there's solid truths behind behind all of that. And the, the obedience one, I'm, I'm interested to hear how you sort of came full circle. But just to touch on that for anyone listening, like my thought was, if you are obedient to a parent, it makes my life easier. And one of these things I heard, and I I think it was on Instagram. There's a, an account called Raised Good. It's a parenting account. And one of the things she posted was, we often parent in a way that we want to, not in a way that a child needs us to. And that is exactly where I think obedience falls. Like, look, most people, when they say obedience, like, listen to me, don't do that. Don't hate your brother. Don't you know? leave your stuff there. Come clean up, be obedient. And yet, what do our children need? When you're not there to tell them what to do when they're 18, 20 years old, where are they going to go for answers? Oh, mom decision. and dad just, yeah. How are yes. they going to do that? They're yeah. going to like, they're going to not have the confidence in themselves to make those decisions. So I would rather, even though it's harder for me as a father, let them challenge me sometimes. And obviously I'm going to have the final say, I'm not saying like, oh, it's a dialogue now. It's not a, it's not a democracy in my house. I'm going to say the way it's going to be, but let the kids come at me because I know I can hold my own. And it lets them understand why and how to come to that decision themselves. So that was my intent. And uh, I think I'll leave it there for now because I think. Well, and that, that's where I got around. That's where I came around to. I, I you know, and, and 
And I really appreciated it because I do have a 14-year-old and a 17, almost 18-year-old right now, and they do make really good decisions and they take the time to think through things. I'm like, okay, I did it right. There was probably, and I'm sure there was times I did it wrong, but there was probably times when obedience was the word used, but not necessarily what I was demanding. It's not necessarily what I was asking for. And you hit something on the head is one, and I want to kind of rewind a little bit to this. uh, Freedom is not comfort. And I think so, but there's an attack on people who talk about freedom. They're like, well, you just look, look, that's the harder thing to do to make your own decisions and to act in a way that is congruent with your beliefs and, and with a bigger picture that is harder, more difficult. And also teaching your kids and giving them opportunities to make mistakes and grow and learn how to decide and make decisions and be critical of what is going on and question things is much harder as a parent. It's much more difficult. This is something my, my wife did a phenomenal job at. A lot of really hard things for us. I'm like, oh my, really, really, we got to go through this. And and the whole time she saw this bigger picture of I'm growing these little humans to be amazing adults, to be able to think, to be able to say, oh, wait, that's a really bad decision. And here's why. Not because my parents said so, but because if I do X, Y is going to happen. And guess what? A lot of the time, the only way they're going to find that out is through figuring it out, going through it. And if we can create a situation in our home, in our community, in our neighborhood where they can make mistakes and it's not death defying, it's not going to be a, you know, a horrible outcome, we're, we're creating an environment for them to learn, to fail, to, and then to fail up and to start making decisions and be uh, you know, amazing adults. I think that's what creates great adults. Yeah. Yeah. And this, um, I'm going to share a story from a guy I had on my podcast yesterday. His name is Dylan Ruse and he's a, um, a mentor to young men, 14 to 25 years old. And one of the things he said about this was that, you know, he was playing football as a 14 year old. He climbed up on the goalpost, fell off, sprained his wrist, and he wasn't able to play in his weekend game. And he let his team down. And what he said that he appreciated about his parents in that moment was they didn't say, oh, get down from there. It's dangerous. Because he he would never have been able to put two and two together like, oh, if I do this thing in two days from now, I will feel disappointment, shame, and guilt because I will let my team down. It required him to fall off and make his decision. And the way that he put it is when we put boundaries on parenting, we want to make sure they don't break their neck. But if they break their arm in the process, good. You know, like this is the kind of challenge that we as fathers need to be able to provide our children because like you said, freedom is not comfortable. And so then choose your discomfort because if you don't choose your discomfort, the world's going to choose it. And it looks like being told what to do as a fully grown adult. And I think that's unacceptable in my life. And so like, where are you going to find the discomfort? Where are you going to train yourself and your children to have these discomfort, this discomfort? Because freedom requires boundaries. In a sense, you have to constrict yourself to fully enjoy the, the freedom. Otherwise it would just be too much, too overwhelming. And there'd be no rules but it also requires meaningful suffering. And if we stop our kids, I heard just the other day as well, it might've been the same interview. He said, it's not helicopter parenting anymore. It's lawnmower parenting where we're riding the kids. You know, it's become so overwhelming. You can't let your kid do anything that they just, you, you basically do their life for them. And I get it. 
because you know you want to keep them safe you love them you for me at least i want to save and protect my children from the harm that i felt and the shame that i felt for doing certain things so i have a tendency to try to stop them before they have to suffer and i got to stop myself doing that cuz like no they're they're not going to learn cuz i tell them like hey son or you're you're like you know you've got a the brain of a nine, seven or two year old. Let me tell you about this intellectual thing that I understand as a 33 year old man. They're like, no, do it, get the feedback, feel how crappy that feels. Don't do it again. So right. I've had to actively work myself to be a little more hands off because I see it happening. And it's like, no, we just got to let control go. And that's where they're going to find the freedom and the resiliency. Yeah. And it's, there's, there's this fine balance, right? I have a friend who coined the term koala parenting. He's like, there's helicopter parenting and then there's koala parenting. And, and he, he lives kind of in the world of technology and kids. Like, like how as a parent, do you guide this world of technology and protect your kids from the things that are out there? And if you don't believe it, you're blind, but he's like, you know, and he, he like, we got to teach them how to interact, but also protect them. And he said, this, the place in between is a koala parent who's just like, do, you know, do whatever you want. The kids melting down in the, in the aisle at the grocery store. Cause they can't get that they want. And then you give in or you just go with the easy. The easy path is the koala parent where the kid just kind of does whatever and you're just like, you know? And then there's the helicopter and lawnmower or mower parent, which is a really, really good term. Um, I think there's a balance in there where there's conversation uh, that's at their level. And then, and then there's discussion about outcome. Like, look, let's reflect on this. And don't you don't have to be like, you know, talking through every point you got to keep it natural but i think there's this really nice balance in there and it all comes down to this kurt it comes down to as a parent things are going to be uncomfortable you're going to watch your kid hurt by spraining their wrist you're going to watch them break a relationship because they made a stupid you know stupid decision and they're going to get made up fun at school you're going to watch this stuff happen and it's super uncomfortable so but intentionality this is around intentionality intentionality in the way you interact and guide your kids is going to cause a lot of discomfort. It's not the easy thing to do. Parenting is difficult and it really should be difficult. It's not, you know, it because this is a, such an incredible thing we are in charge of. And uh, the biggest thing here that I'm seeing is, is that when you do your posts, you're calling men out for taking the easy route, like a lot of the times. And, and that's where you get a lot of kickback. I mean, you've talked about like gender identity. Let's not, let's not go crazy here, but you talked about gender identity and really where this comes back on the dad. I mean, you, you, <laughs> you played it out there and boy, did you get some, some heat, but there, the truth was so evident. And yeah, man, the, um, it should be hard, but it's because it's the right thing to do. You know, like, it's not the easy thing, but if we, I, I feel like this is a huge issue with the world is that everyone's looking for the easy way out because everything's so easy, you know, get an Uber, order, you know, dinner on Uber app, order like the movie. You just, you never have to stop watching because you can just binge for everything. Everything's so easy. So why would you do the hard thing? Like we've got over that, man. Like that was old school life. Let's just do everything that's easy, but you see the results when the kids grow up and <clears throat> 
pardon me, the kids grow up and they, um, you know, are, are doing all these things that are detrimental to them. They don't have any um, resiliency. They're not getting jobs. They're not producing anything in the world. And they, most importantly from all of that, because you can just say, oh, well, they can live their own life, but they don't feel good inside. Right. And that's what it gets to. Like when you do the hard thing, when you do the right thing, you build this sense of internal integrity and peace. And I think that's what we need to get back to, even if it's hard, because we're depriving our children of a deep sense of humanity when they can't suffer and find meaning in that suffering. So I think that's important, especially in, I mean, even just like triggering guys on purpose, but like the point of my posts is we have got so far away from basic truth Mm -hmm. that, you know, sometimes we've got to be called back out because we get into this, um, I don't know, this moral gray area as though everything goes all the time. It's just what you feel. And that ain't true, man. Like there's a, there's a great movement these days to be more comfortable with how you feel. And I think it's vital that men go that route, that we understand our emotions, that we can go into how to become better men by how we feel. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we have to stop all the other things that get stuff done, that provide integrity and leadership and purpose in our lives and our families' lives. And so if you're simply operating on the feeling side, then you get all these like weird truths. Like, oh yeah, the the body is actually like the opposite of what it truly is. Like, no, I've, I've got eyes. You know, and I'm, this is the thing too. Let me just make this point very clear because I don't want to get canceled here. And you know what? I don't care if I get canceled. I got okay. other places to go. Um, but I have to differentiate between the person and the idea, because when you say anything about, you know, boys or boys or, or, you know, women should be the only ones operating in women's version of sports, not men who feel like women, um, you know, you get this pushback like, oh, are you denying their experience, their lived experience? Like, no, I don't know how they feel and I have nothing to do with them as a human being. And I used to get like really upset about um, like racism back in the day, because like, how could you be so stupid? to judge an entire person on like the color of their skin. That is like, it's just so, it's intellectually dishonest to a massive degree. And like, you must be a real idiot to do that. And I feel the same way here. Like, I'm not going to judge someone for how they live their life. That's outside of my purview. You know, I judge myself and, you know, I'm, I'm not religious myself, but I know that, you know, God judges as well. You know, it's not on me to do. I will release myself from that. So, if you are listening to this and you're super triggered, well, you're welcome, first of all. Uh, and second of all, like, it's not about the person. So let's just take that right out of the way. If your son or daughter is struggling with this kind of stuff, massive compassion, absolutely, like, be there for them. Don't shame them. Be their biggest support because they need you now more than ever because how confused must they feel? How lost must they feel to be confused with their own body, for example? And so I just want to make very clear that when I speak about this stuff, it's never about the personal. I will forever allow, or not allow, because it's not my, my decision, but I will forever hold space for someone to have whatever experience of life they have. But it's pretty obvious to me that boys are boys and girls are girls. <laughs> you know, like I don't need science to tell me that. And if you feel a different way, sure, but you know, we, we got to put limits and boundaries on some of these things so that we don't just make everything okay. Because if we don't have this like fundamental version of truth underneath everything, and of course you can argue what truth is, then we get into existential problems and we get into deep, deep spiritual philosophical debates, but there is something you just know. And my feeling is I'm, I'm almost assuming that a lot of people are bypassing their intuition to not seem, uh, you know, whatever the ism of the day is. Right. Like, oh yeah. Like it doesn't really feel right to me, but oh, that just must be because I'm programmed a certain way. Like I'm bad because I thought this. So I'm just going to like bypass my internal feelings. 
I don't think that's right because I think there is something to intuition. There's something to that. And so if I can call it out, then A, I learn more because I had some of these discussions in my post about like, oh, I'm a teacher and you know this is what I see and it's not about the dad. And I'm going like, okay, that's fine. I'm not speaking in absolutes. I'm speaking in Instagram, which has a 2200 character limit. And like, I'm going to say what I say, and it's up to you to be nuanced or not. And if you're not, then like, don't follow me because it requires nuance to be in there. So yes, I learned something, but I also stick by the fact that we as fathers have the single biggest impact on our children's lives out of anyone. And so if we see them going in a way that is confused or upset, or they do not have the skills and tools to sit with that discomfort as they grow into teenage years and adulthood, that's kind of on us. It's always at least kind of on us. And yes, we can be the perfect father and maybe they'll have a deep mother wound. Maybe they will be bullied and they won't tell us about it. But still, why wouldn't they tell you about it, dad? Like, what's, what's that about? Like, you should be trying to make sure that your children feel so safe to come to you with anything. And so again, it's not comfortable and I'm not blaming, but it's still kind of your responsibility to do that. Like, who do you want to be as a father? Do you want to be someone who's like, oh, I tried my best. And this is another post I said, well, like bring judgment back to parenting. Yeah. Like, doing your best is not good enough when it's, oh. when, it, when it's shit, to be honest. Yeah. Do better because your kids rely on you for the rest of their lives. You are literally, this is one thing that I've told dads, like you're writing the future. Dad, you're the literal author of the future because the way you parent will write itself into future of humanity by the way your children act in the world. So take the responsibility for what it is, which is the largest responsibility of any human in the entire world. You are writing the future. So take responsibility, get better yourself, heal your own wounds, get more mindful, get some more meditation, breathwork practices in and start showing up in the way your kids need. So I don't, I don't know. I took that on a, a lot of different angles, but um, that's my general thoughts on the general topic. Yeah. And I, I, there's so much there. There's so much to unwrap, but really it comes down to, I keep thinking of a, the, the most simplistic term is the buck stops here. Like when things are happening in your family, your kids are confused, whatever the case, there's all these circumstances out there. Like, great. There's all these circumstances out there. What role did you play in that, in that outcome? Because no matter what, you've got to find the role that you played. No matter what, there's something you could have done differently. And the sooner we identify that, the sooner we can fix that. And we have to be better. There's just zero excuse. And you know, the the gender, I don't want to, I don't want to get too into it because we'll both be canceled, but the <laughs> the gender gender confusion is the word used a lot. The whole problem here is there's confusion. You if you if you need to change genders every single day there or that you identify as something different every single day then there is some underlying thing going on. My son is, is my, my 17-year-old's like, look, dad, I don't even understand. You have a penis or you don't. He's like, I just, I can't quite get what's going on. And now no judgment here, but there's kids in my, my younger son's school, middle school, wearing dog collars and they're identifying as things other than male or female. And he's like, I just, like, I don't get it. And so we're, we talk about empathy. We talk about you don't know what's going on inside the home or why they're confused, or maybe they're reaching out for attention, but here's what you do and here's what you don't do. That's, I think that's our responsibility is like teaching our kids how to be loving and encouraging 
and uplifting, that doesn't mean you have to support somebody's decision or the way that they're deciding to do things. That is totally a different thing. Like judgment, go do away with it. Just love people, treat them well. It just doesn't have to be a decision you make or have to agree with. And, and how, how much are you loving them and, and serving them if you let them do things that you know are going to hurt them? And like, yes, you don't know the end all be all. You can't be the judgment provider, but you can't just let someone drive into you know a brick wall because like, oh, they're, they're identifying as someone who likes to drive into brick walls. Like they're going to die. you know. And this is like how serious it can get. And something that came up is, um, I think I got this from Tim Ferriss, but it's basically the idea of like, what is not serving you in your life? And then how are you complicit in creating the conditions of those things existing? It's always personal responsibility. If you don't like something in your relationship, man, I I don't know who needs to hear this, but like guys have an inordinate amount of power in relationship, not power over, but power to influence. And so that's just one example that like, oh, my wife was only 50, 50. Like, dude, were you even hundred percent in? Did you ever show up as the 100% man of her dreams for a month straight and see what happened? No, you probably didn't. So like, you're still responsible, like too bad as a man, as a human being, you will never get away from responsibility if you want to live a good life at least. And sometimes you'll screw up. So you got to figure out that too. But the the one thing I see happening right now that is tragic in obesity and confusion about gender is that underlying all of that must be a sense of hatred and and discomfort for your own body. Mm-hmm. And that is tragic. Mm-hmm. Imagine the pain of just like hating yourself so much that you feel you need to change your entire being. And that's where I think a lot of compassion needs to come in. And that's where we need to like start meeting kids rather than like, oh, this is great. Like, no, you shouldn't be overweight. You shouldn't be trying to be something you're not because you're good as you are. Like you should be beautiful and love just how you are. And where are they not getting that? In the home. Almost every time I would have to assume because where else do kids get that? Yeah, grandparents. Yeah, some friends. Yeah, maybe a teacher is really good and they provide love. But the mom and the dad at that age have to be the ones giving most of the love. And so if you don't have an internal sense of love and like confidence, that's not just something you made up on your own. That is the lack of love coming into your life from your, your parents. And so I just want to make sure that dads get that piece of the responsibility and creating compl- conditions that are, you're complicit in, as well as like the basic fundamental need of changing who you are requires that you really hate who you are to begin with. And I think it's very important to like touch on that in a compassionate sort of way, because it's not like just whatever you feel, if what you feel is just hatred, that's miserable and sad. So how can we support our kids as they go through this? And how do we talk to them as well as they get into this age? Because my oldest is nine. And, uh, you know, I go, oh, I, I'm, I'm good for a few years with, with um, you know, the whole phone conversation. And I'm like, oh, no, his friends have phones. So now I have to go there now. So we've had to talk about like, you know, TikTok and this and that. And the, the thing, obviously, is not so much about talking, but you know, behaving and modeling behavior. So anyway, there's, there's so much to touch on there, but it all starts in the home, actively parenting, not just, this will be the last tangent and not just reacting with the so-called mindful parenting. Cause I see a lot of guys doing a great job on the mindful parenting thing. And this like saved me as a father figuring out how to like talk to my kids, like how to affirm, how to validate, how to be like, Oh, I see you're angry. And then getting them emotional intelligence. That is absolutely essential and it saved my parenting. But what you need as well is active parenting, which is the opposite of that, which is challenging 
It's support on the one hand and being like, oh yeah, this happened. Therefore I'm here for you. On the other side of the coin is challenge as a father. So mm -hmm. you have to have these conversations that are uncomfortable. You have to lead ahead. Otherwise the first iteration that they find of, for example, porn or whatever, they're going to have that as being their idea of sex, porn, whatever. Whereas you could have come in if you had been noticing and paying attention and having these conversations from a grounded, respectful, fatherly, loving place. And so dads, you got to get out in front and challenge them as well as support them. Yeah. You just came full circle because you were talking earlier about um, hard things and, and challenging things. And one thing that came to my mind, what you just said, I mean, you might as well be a dragon spitting fire. It's insane, but <laughs> the, the, uh, the porn and porn and kids, we are living in a society where we're moving towards easy. We're moving towards comfort. We're moving towards, this is, this is what makes me feel good right now. And this is, gives me the warm and fuzzies. So it's the right thing. Even if it hurts other people, I, I hate to break it to you. Porn is destructive. Porn is literally, and I, I, I had a, a specialist on my podcast just recently, and he's like, you are watching a rape happen because he's talked to those women. He's like, you are literally watching and encouraging rape. And I'm like, whoa, like that was like, like, and then, but the other thing is what is porn? Porn is easy. Porn is, I, I have a sexual desire. I just push a button and I get it. And you talked about the hundred percent of pursuing your wife. Like, and I just had a, a live with um, business partner, Angelo. And he was like, we're talking about TRT, testosterone. You got like having your testosterone in check, understand your numbers. And we were talking about the fact that as a, for me, almost 50, I'm 48 and for him, almost 40, we should have it, like getting the testosterone of a teenager makes you pursue and it makes you like you were dating again. And you're like, I, I got to be on because I'm ready to get it on. And I, I'm coming full circle here because what happens then is what you, what do you do? You go hundred percent and you go hundred percent all the time because there's this challenge. And if you can go hundred percent, it's hard. It takes a lot of work, it takes intentionality. You have to do dishes when you don't want to do them. You've got to serve, 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 serve. And then it comes back. But I'm also encouraging people, guys, to make sure they've got their testosterone levels like dialed in because I want you to feel like that. Because then I want you to, to do that as, a, as opposed to porn. But we have to like get away from these easy things. I don't know where I was going, but the whole point is just get away from the easy things and do things in your life that require work. And give yourself the tools to go do that work. Yeah. And I think maybe for me, it's like a, a sense of challenge. And like these things are like, I'll just say them, they're straight up wrong. You know, like porn is bad. Uh, casual sex, even I would suggest is bad. And that's like, that's so counterculture, you know, it's so like feminist, you? it's so whatever, but if like, it's, it's not, again, it's like, I totally divorce it from judgment, like, you know, guilty as charged, obviously. But like, when I think about it now, I am so grateful that I've been married for so long. And I'm so grateful that like the fruits of that romance I see every day now, yeah. rather than just like getting off and then feeling what, like there's no, <laughs> challenge there's no victory there's no there's nothing inside that's like yes now i am right in myself mm -hmm. whereas in sort of committed relationship there is that like really deep foundation that you get to tap into and otherwise you're just like wasting your energy and as a young man 
like it's it's porn it's it's you know masturbation it's it's all these things it's casual sex we we just spew our life energy all over the place and it's no wonder nobody's motivated to do anything hard it's too easy and it's just like like you said oh it just feels good okay well too bad you know what feels even better doing hard shit yeah that feels way better because then you become a real man you forge your manhood when you do hard stuff and that's way better than like, oh, I you know met someone on Tinder and I don't know, I wasn't really into it, but at least I got my rocks off. Like, weak, bro. Like, get a get a life, <laughs> you know. And it's so anti what everyone's saying these days. But I think if you take the time to live the other way, you'll notice just how like weak and sad the other, the the normal way is these days. Yeah, yeah, and it, it it's gonna take a movement of men like you and like other men that I I interview to just keep firing and firing and firing this message like over and over and getting more and more and more men to listen. I wanted to circle back before we had before we have to close up because we are running close on time um on this time to think because this is really interesting you like I just I just would like more time to think and it I kid you not last week I'm going through your um a post that you did and the the thing that came to my mind I'm not I, there's no extrapolation or <laughs> anything here. The thing that came into my mind is how does Kurt have so much time to think about this stuff? Um, because there's so much like thought and process and, and point, it's like a point and then there's reasoning and there's steps and there's the, the whole process is laid out. And I think that's just a, the difference in humans and our different skills. And you definitely were, were made for building content. That's very meaningful. Um, and I want to encourage men to do something to get more time in their life. So for me, I talked about it's my morning walk. Like I leave the house, it's 45 minutes minimum. It's two and a half miles. It's every day, every day. My phone is with me, uh, but it's never looked at ever. It's in my pocket just for, you know, my, my wife and kids are at home. I, it's just a responsibility thing on my mind. But, um, Oh, and I love to take photos of my dog when the, when the sun sets, when the sun rises. But um, uh, that is, there's, there's a process I actually use to create space in my head. The ideas come, the, the reflection comes on, hey, my son's really struggling with X. And it's like all these ideas come. I have time to think about the comments you make or what other people say on, on Instagram or Facebook or how they responded to something I did. I have time to reflect on conversations and where things went wrong and where things went right. And I've become such a better man for it. So even if it's five minutes, guys, you've got to create space to think. You, and you cannot just think it's going to happen. You have to create it. And I'm not talking about coming home after work, turning on the TV, grabbing a beer and checking out. That is not thinking. I'm talking about intentional, stimulus-free, probably outdoors if possible time. And I'm talking, it's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Well, my, um, I'm so prone to just like throwing a podcast on when I go for a walk or a run, but the times I don't, it's like, okay, that's, that's when everything happens, right? It's yeah. just like you let the world and you let all your thoughts catch up to you. And it gets to integrate because what I have noticed in my life is I do, 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 and I never settle to be. And when I actually slow down and when I literally do nothing, like challenge a guy in today's day and age to sit in his chair for 15 minutes and don't do anything, don't journal, don't fidget, don't look at your phone, don't meditate, don't like consume anything. 
just sit by yourself and think. It's like, oh man, like don't make me do that. And that used to just be life. Mm -hmm. And so like a couple of things is, I think perhaps the thing I should end on is just like, you guys, we should just be creating more than we consume generally. You know, like it's so easy these days. There's so much coming in. It takes the onus off us to create, right. but that also puts us at the whim of the person creating the content that we're consuming. And so you and I are trying our best to make sure that content is good and uplifting and actually gets you moving in your real life. But most of it's out there to get clicks and dollars, right? So if you are not creating, you're probably going to be consuming. So what can you start building? You should have some sort of you know, big project as a man, you should know where you're going in your life. You should like write a book for your kids, mm -hmm. write a book of your life, do something meaningful that's bigger than perhaps your one life can even do. And when you fill your time with creation like that, you're not just going to consume and become more and more of a blob sitting on the couch. There's something really helpful and important for doing that, that gets your thoughts going in a way that all I do is think about this stuff now. And I, and I said before I wanted more time, but it's like, I guess I'm unintentionally thinking all the time and I want more intentional time to think because I'll go, okay, time for an Instagram post. What am I feeling today? I'll journal like three or four ideas and I'll just go with whatever's like feeling right. So my creation process isn't so much like, oh, here's like 30 ideas I'm going to pull from. It's just like, what's real for me? And that in itself requires at least a little bit of space yep. with meditation and mindfulness to get to in the first place. So I think... Yeah, I think that's it in terms of what I had. Um, but I, you know, love to go anywhere else in the next minute and a half. <laughs> and it's, yeah, no, I think it's a beautiful place to stop. I think there's so many points here that, like, if we did a recap, it's like do hard things, be intentional. Um, you, you know, this whole obedience thing, um, pornography. I mean, there's so many, <laughs> so many things we covered here. But the 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 theme the theme here is that it's okay to do the hard right thing and you're doing the hard right thing. It's not yeah. easy. It's Thanks, hard, man. That's yeah. the right way to put it. It's okay to do the hard right thing. Oh man. I love that. Thank you. Um, let, let me just like really close it off here. Cause one of the things I wanted to mention before, like I have a really hard time being in conflict. And so what I have noticed is it takes up the rest of my day. I go like, oh, am I going to get called out? How many bad messages am I going to get? And, you know, maybe that just means I need to toughen up. And I'm doing that. You know, I'm doing my work to be there. And I've dealt with more conflict in the last few months than I ever have before. So great. I'm in it. I'm getting triggered personally. So like, that's my work. But what I've noticed is, am I supposed to be doing this or am I supposed to be doing something else that feels better? And so I've had to check myself between is my resistance good for me and I need to push through or is my resistance telling me my values are out of alignment? And I just want to offer that as a reframe for guys who might be coming up to resistance, but they keep plowing through because I've noticed that sometimes that resistance, if you are mindful enough to it, can actually be pointing you to the fact that like you're actually out of alignment, man. Yeah. And so for me, I'm going to keep you know, sharing truth basically. But I have found that my skill is actually bringing people together and finding common ground and sort of building community. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that will play out. How do I balance the, you know, intentional triggers and the, Hey dads, let's get together and like do the hard work together. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to like share that as well, because it's not as though I'm just out here going like, I ain't to trigger you because I love it. I love conflict. No, I hate it. And yet I'm trying to work through it. And maybe that's just another like suggestion or challenge to dads is where can you be thinking intentionally like this? Cause I don't talk to a lot of guys who are like, Oh yeah, I, 
I was thinking about this. It's like, well, I don't know. I never even thought about that. Like, think about stuff in your life, become intentionally thoughtful. I think that's a huge lesson and just be more mindful of what's happening in your body and your, in your mind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. I think that's a really great place to call a close. I do know that you there, you are more than just amazing words and challenges on, on Instagram. You have groups for, for dads you have, and you're creating tribe and community, which is something I believe in like a lot. And I really admire about you. And I watch uh, the comments and, and there's guys involved and I'm seeing the fruits of your labor just even in comments and what people are saying. And so for, I, I am 100% in favor of supporting what you do. And so you guys really ought to go see uh, dadwork.kurt uh, on Instagram and just just follow, just, just follow them and, and, and follow them in t- with intentionality like I do. I look for him every day. It is one of my top, I'm, I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating. It's one of my top places to think about and to come to uh, like do intentional work on parenting and and things that are really important, and um, and then you, you know you've got some communities and you have some things really really going. There's a 14 day email uh, thing you can be on if I'm remembering correct. Correct. Um, click on that in Instagram. I'm 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 plugging you, brother. I love what you're doing. <laughs> I want Thanks, everybody to give you a dollar or whatever it is that you want because <laughs> I I need it to continue because it's so incredibly important. So I just want to end on that, Kurt. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for taking this calling and going in the hard direction of following it and then continuing to work on yourself so that your message is more and more heard and the message is more and more taken in and the need that you are growing enough to be able to handle the pressure because um the bigger the the bigger the headache the bigger the paycheck and uh <laughs> <laughs> man, no, that. yeah. yeah, no, thank you for all of that, man. I really appreciate it. And not to make it like a circle jerk, but just like uh, to, to call out the intentionality of offering and uh, extending. That's something that we as men, I try and, you know, talk to the guys in my men's group about this as well, is like, you have just given me like a huge gift with all that affirmation. And I'm going to take that as fuel. Good. And it's hard for men to do that sometimes because like, we don't have practice. It's emotional. It's vulnerable. Like you might be embarrassing, but I really appreciate that. And I think on a meta level, guys can learn from how you share. So thank you for that. And thanks, thanks for inviting me back, man. This has been a pleasure. Yeah. yeah it's it's uh, a absolute pleasure to have you. Hey, everybody, just thank you so much for hanging in here this long on this podcast because it was worth your time. Every single word that Kurt shared had a lesson in it. It's a lot. Listen like three times, take notes because I'm telling you, I, I guarantee if you do these things with intention, your life will be better. You will be a better parent. It won't be easier. It will be better. And the outcome, the fruits of your labor are going to be insane. And that's called a legacy. And it's called your kids will take what you teach them and they'll improve on it and talk about it. no better legacy than that. Like Even if you're doing a stellar job, it's going to be even more stellar if you lay the right foundation when they have the kids and then when their kids have kids. And this is how we build an incredible generational um, legacy from your work. So make sure you rate the podcast, go listen and follow Kurt because uh, he is the true dragon breathing fire and um, have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. 
If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.